a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as promised, uh, we're continuing to follow the events as they begin to ramp up uh, in earnest for the inauguration of Joseph Biden to be the 46th president of the United States of America. Uh, and as always, we're looking for uh, some of the behind the scenes uh, things that maybe we don't always talk about or, or recognize. Uh, and I'm just thrilled to have joining us today, Stephen Studdard, uh, who actually directed the 1989 presidential inauguration of George H.W. Bush. Uh, of course, he previously served as uh, an advisor for both the uh, 1981 and 1985 presidential inaugurations of Ronald Reagan uh, and uh, gave advice uh, to some other inaugurations as well. Uh, Stephen, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Good morning. Wonderful. So as people look at all, everything going on uh, back in our nation's capital, uh, just the logistics, the coordination, uh, all of the things that have to take place for an inaugural, just give us some perspective of the of the scope and approach uh, to planning for such a significant event. Well, yeah, probably the most important thing is it's something that's happened for every president since George Washington, and it's deemed to be bad luck for the new president, the president-elect, to even talk about an inauguration until after he or she is elected. Right. So there is really there's zero planning goes on, Boyd, until after Election Day. Uh, the one that I headed, I had 66 days from start to finish. Wow. I went from a, I went from a staff of one to a paid staff of 600 and uh, about 35,000 volunteers. You have to raise your budget because there's no appropriation. Uh, so we raised and spent $28 million. The Trump inaugural raised and spent over $100 million. Wow. And you have to do all of that and do all of the planning all within this brief window of 60 or so days. Wow. There's nothing nothing comparable to it in the United States. Yeah, that is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so, uh, and I think it's an important thing for people to notice, too, because sometimes people say, oh, you know, all of this pomp and circumstance, uh, taxpayers' expense, but it really isn't. You have to raise that money uh, yourself uh, as the president-elect, and of course you have a, a team to do that, uh, but that's an important, I think that's an important message to the American people as well. You know, there's an, another little piece of that. There's actually three inaugural committees. There's the Joint Congressional Inaugural Committee, mm-hmm. which is taxpayer-funded, and they have the responsibility to swear in the president. That's what they do. There's also the Military Inaugural Committee, and their role, which is taxpayer-funded, 
is to inaugurate their new commander in chief. Mm. All of the festivities that one sees, and this year it's very different, those are done by the president's inaugural committee, and that is all privately funded. Wow, that's uh, so. So the military and Congress get the easy jobs, <laughs> and, yes. and you and you had yes. to do the tough stuff, plus raise the money to do it. Well, the one that I had, which is very similar to the other ones where I've been an advisor, we worked every single day uh, from the day we started through two days after the inaugural, except. On Christmas Day, we took four hours off. Oh my goodness! Wow, that's uh, that's unbelievable. So, as you went through that process, uh, and again, you were uh, directing the George H. W. Bush uh, inauguration, and as you were behind the scenes there, obviously, there's uh, there's a, a big part of that 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 is uh, the the formal things that have to be done. Uh, but I'm sure you got access and, and insight in terms of the, of course, the inaugural address is is a big thing. Uh, and just kind of the themes, the overall themes. Everyone wants to create an impression through all of the Inauguration Day activities. Uh, what was that like uh, in your experience? Well, I remember I had a great experience with Ronald Reagan. I was on the plane with him flying back to Washington, D.C., and I was seated across from him, and he was sitting working at a table all the way across the country, and he was writing in longhand his presidential address. And every once in a while he'd discard a piece of paper and, and start over on something. When we landed, he got up and put his coat on and started to walk out. And I'm thinking, there's all those discarded uh, pieces of his inaugural address that are part of history. And I was going to gather them up uh, for the archives, and he came back and picked them up. Presidents generally determine the, the theme they want for an inaugural. I remember with George Bush, he and I sat down, and he said, these are the points that I wish to emphasize as we set the stage for my presidency and my administration. Mm. It's very, very consciously done by the president-elect. Oh, it's, it's such an important time to really establish a, a feel, a direction, uh, and to invite people to, to come along. I, I think uh, both with George H.W. Bush, President Reagan, uh, of course, uh, we're very good at inviting the nation to, to come together, to join them uh, on a sort of journey. You know, and uh, President-elect Biden's got, got a, a challenge in that regard. It's very similar, I think, to uh, the inauguration of uh, Abraham Lincoln or mm. Franklin D. Roosevelt. Both of them inherited a country where there was deep political division and there was an economic crisis. And if you go back and read their inaugural addresses, they were focused on bringing us together as a country. Mm. Biden's got to do the same thing. Yeah, so good. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've got Stephen Studdard on the line. He uh, directed the 1989 presidential inauguration of George H.W. Bush, was an advisor to both of the Reagan inaugurations, uh, among others. Uh, and this is just such fascinating insight for me. Uh, we, we could have you on for four hours and blow out the rest of the programming on KSL for the rest of the day. Uh, this is just so fascinating to me. So uh, what was it in the, the course of that inaugural process? Uh, what surprised you? What did you learn about the country or what did you learn about presidents uh, that you served in those inaugurals? You know, and I, I did, I advised uh, six presidents. I, I came to realize the sincerity of their love of America mm. and their genuine concern and care for the American people. Now, they have political differences, partisan differences, yes. But when it comes to an inauguration, they are very, very focused on the country. They're very mindful of the history and tradition. They're also extremely mindful 
that we say to the whole world, and the world watches us for examples as a nation, that it is the most visible way to showcase a peaceful transfer of power, and that it's done with precision clockwork every four years. I can tell you 100 years from now when Inauguration Day will be. (laughs) That's maybe the most important part of all of it, is the message it sends to the world about how we in a democracy peacefully transfer power. Oh, it, it's so important. I was just commenting. I uh, I was on uh, Sky News Arabia this morning, and it, it fascinated me how fascinated they were uh, with the whole inauguration process and the, the way we do transfer power. Uh, quick final question for you, uh, Stephen, as we uh, come to the end here. And I will note to everyone, uh, we have a uh, an op-ed uh, from Stephen Studdard that will appear uh, tomorrow morning at Deseret.com, uh, really looking at Inauguration Day with his unique perspective and experience. Uh, you don't want to miss that. We'll post it on our Facebook page tomorrow as well. Uh, but, Stephen, as we, uh, as we wrap up here, uh, what, what's the best moment out of all of those inaugurals that you were intricately involved in? Uh, what's the moment that you reflect on most? Oh, that's a hard question. There, there is something very, very touching to stand there and watch someone who's come up from somewhere in the hinterlands of America, as each president does, to see them stand there and place their hand on a book of sacred scripture and give their oath to defend the Constitution and defend the country. And, and as I've watched them, the tears come to their eyes mm. as they realize really the significance of their pledge to America. Mm. Love that. And that knows no political party. Love that. No. Stephen Stuttered, so appreciate your efforts and so grateful uh, you took some time to join us here today on Inside Sources. Great insight and uh, looking forward to uh, sharing your piece with uh, the rest of the world tomorrow. Thank you, Boyd. All right, again, that's Stephen Stuttered. He was the director of the 1989 presidential inauguration for George H.W. Bush, also was an advisor on the 81 and 85 uh, Reagan inaugurations. Uh, Man, great insight, stories, experiences, and lessons uh, about why this country continues to work and why the republic continues to roll on. We're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of those inaugurations and great moments from presidential speeches Coming up next on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.